Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we normally talk about movie trilogies. But this week we're going to talk about 2021 in review. Uh, joining me today... I'm Conan and we are not alcoholics. We decide when we want to drink. An alcoholic can't help himself. And I'm Luke Morgan and I never fit in for lots of reasons, but movies were always there for me. Boys! Nice. Should I do a quote? Here's my inspirational quote from my, one of my favourite things from the year. Do something, doing something great is overrated because then people expect that from you all the time. What they don't realise is you're just as screwed up as the rest of them. Oh. I've seen that, but I don't know what it's from. Mm, you've seen the show. Yeah. 2021, what a weird year for movies and TV, hey? Whack, yeah. I, we were just talking about this before at the beginning. It's been such a strange time because I feel like a lot's actually come out. Mm. But at least in Australia, it's been harder than ever to actually see stuff. Mm. So, you know, like your big thing is obviously in America, you've got HBO Max where things are streaming simultaneously to cinematic releases. But here we don't have that. We have nothing comparable. So if it's not at a cinema, you, you can't see it really. And I feel like there's a lot of films that I wanted to put on this list that I couldn't because I hadn't seen them yet. <laughs> there are films that I'm like, I know I'm going to like that. That's right down my alley. Yeah. Some, that have been out, some that have been out for months that I just, that were released on HBO Max, did a run and then that's it. And I don't know what's going to go on really. And it's kind of are frustrating. You, are you talking about... Zack Snyder's Justice League. Cut. That's 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 exactly. No, that's, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Damn, um, of HBO Max. But yeah, compared to like 2020, it's I don't know. There's been some good stuff this year. I think COVID's kind of. I don't know we're starting to see some interesting stuff come out of this lockdown. You know, films getting made that potentially have to be a bit more interesting, or are just have been pushed back the year, so we're getting sort of that backlog. But mm. I don't know it's kind of cool. I'm I've liked this year in film. For better or worse, there were a lot of movies that were supposed to come out last year that we didn't get to this year and maybe still didn't have any yep. hype around them, like some Marvel movies that we won't probably talk about tonight. But, yeah, maybe. Or maybe all of Luke's, recommend, Luke's recommendations are Marvel movies. Luke, <laughs> do you want to yeah. kick us off? Yes, I will. So, um, yeah, like you guys were saying, I feel like this was actually a really strong year for movies and TV shows. Um especially TV shows, I felt like I was really into a lot. But a movie in particular that I really want to talk about that I absolutely adore, I've recommended it to you guys before. You've guessed what that I was going to talk about on this podcast. Um, Good game. There's a movie on Netflix called The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Uh, this is an animated uh, DreamWorks picture produced by uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller from both Lego Batman fame into the Spider-Verse, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They've, they do 21, really good... 21 Jump Street? Funny films. Yeah, like, um, they're funny guys. And, you know, when this movie... This movie was... Uh, I think it came out oh, probably around March or April this year, I think it was. Um, launched on Netflix. Uh, didn't go to cinemas or anything like that. I think it's just recently had a cinema release. But to give a quick synopsis of the movie... Young Katie Mitchell embarks on a road trip with her proud parents, younger brother, and her beloved dog to start her first year at film school. But their plans to bond as a family soon get interrupted when the world's electronic devices come to life to stage an uprising. Hmm. With help from two friendly robots, the Mitchells must now come together to save one another and the planet from the new technological revolution. I mean, it's going to be our future eventually. Um it is. This movie has ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I watched it Eat the stuff. night. It... Yeah, does it have any good good metrics? 
Yes, everything else. It's how recommended it's, is it on Netflix? Think, What's the percentage of recommendation on Netflix? It's the only scale I care about. <laughs> you can't trust that at all. Um, I watched this the night it launched on Netflix, and it's kind of a, a weird thing. Like I have an attachment to the night I watched this. We had a family night, a family movie night. Um, the kids sitting on blankets on the floor. We had popcorn. We had uh, marshmallows, snacks, and we all sat there, the four of us, and watched the movie. And we're all yeah captivated um start to finish my daughter really got sick halfway through and had to go to hospital but then she came back and we finished the movie but it was fine <laughs> she was all right <laughs> too many marshmallows um yeah probably but um i i i love this movie like i find i think it's really funny um i think it has a lot of heart um i'm not ashamed to admit i cry every time i watch this movie um as a parent i guarantee it will pull on your heartstrings as well the two of you um, especially having a little daughter, the the heart of this movie is the relationship between the father and the daughter, the main character. Um, and there's just moments in it, it. It hit me really, hit me really strongly. And um, like even this, I think the score is fantastic. And when I I did my Apple um, replay 2021 of my most hundred played songs, in my top ten was a piece of music from this movie soundtrack from one of the saddest moments. It's just this beautiful piece of music. And every time I listen to it, it makes me almost cry because it's such a beautiful moment in the movie. Um, I highly recommend it. It's it's honestly hysterical. If you've watched Into the Spider-Verse or Lego Batman or any of them, you know, like they do comedy really well, these guys. Um, and just, yeah, I think this is, a, it's a really great movie. My kids adored this movie. They've seen it probably a hundred times now because... The following weeks after they watched it, it was just like, let's watch Mitchell's Machines again. So mm. I've seen bits and pieces of this movie for a long time. I've probably only watched it beginning to end two or three times myself, but highly recommend it to you guys and to everyone at home. I I love this movie and can't praise it enough. And I do think it's my favorite film of 2021 that I've seen. So wow. Big praise. I, uh, yeah. I, I'm a bad person. I always write animated films off. I never... I never make an effort to go what? and see them in the cinema. I always just catch them somewhere. I'm like, man, that was such a good movie. Why didn't I watch that earlier? And I feel like this will <laughs> yeah. probably be one of those because Spider-Verse actually was a movie I did seek out because I thought it looked awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I should watch this. I know I should. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's been on my list sort of since it came out because like you, Phil Lord, Chris Miller are my guys. They are, yeah. like since, since Clone High Days, they are just some of the, probably the funniest people working in animation. Like they're amazing. And yep. um, yeah, I want to support their stuff. I just, you know, Netflix gives me that problem where I'm like, it's a Netflix production. It'll be on there forever so I can watch it whenever I want. So I have zero, yeah. unless I'm like dying to watch it, I have zero motivation to, but I don't know. It's, it seems like a film that's exactly what I'm into. Like, like say, father-daughter relationship, the daughter wants to get into film. I'm like, that's what I, I plan to mold my daughter and get her into filmmaking, whether she wants to or not. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to, it's like my future. Yeah. And, um, just fun fact uh, about Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Both of them have actually retweeted one of my tweets on Twitter and replied to me. So it was a stuff. video of my son singing um, What's Up Danger from Into the Spider-Verse um, <laughs> that he'd recorded himself on his iPad singing it to the camera. Um, and I, I thought it was the most adorable <laughs> thing. So I uploaded it on there to them and they thought it was great. And so shout out to you guys. Dude, get them on the pod. What are you doing? They didn't reply to my DM. 
They were like, okay, don't push it. We retweeted your tweet. Don't now come at me five months later and <laughs> slide into my DMs. So, yeah. Right on. Nice. Conan, do you want to give us your first horror recommendation for 2021? <laughs> I've, I've only got one horror recommendation here. I'm going to keep it till the end, actually, because okay. okay. it's... It's an interesting talking point. Um, I'm going to start it off with one that is technically a 2020 film, but I'm going to put it as a 2021 because I can only see it then. You know, it's it always happens. Films that are for the Oscar season come out like December 31st in America. <laughs> and so then it's physically impossible to watch it except in the year after. And that's what this was. It was very close to the end, I think. I know, but it just didn't come out here for ages. So it's called Another Round. Have either of you guys heard of this film? No. Luke, you're a, Mads, you're a Mads Mikkelsen fan, right? I am. I am. So this was a this was his vehicle of again twenty twenty. Basically, um, for, it is directed by Thomas Winterberg, who or Winterberg rather, who made The Hunt, which is another pretty famous film back in twenty twelve with Mads. Basically, it follows four high school teachers who are kind of at a midlife crisis stage, and they decide to test out a theory that having a level of blood alcohol, or just having alcohol in your blood at all times, will improve your quality of life. Now. It's something that I think we've all thought about at some point, whether just being drunk is the way to be. But it's, I don't know, it got a lot of, you know, got a lot of um, film festival buzz, as a lot of these films do. Like, Winterberg's a big name in the, 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 films, the film scene, and Mads and him have a good working relationship. But basically, it's just this great film. It's really beautiful, um, both in terms of how it is shot and filmed, but also, like, what it's exploring. Because basically, it's exploring this question of drinking culture, but it doesn't, it doesn't try really hard to demonize it. It's not preachy or critical, but at the same time, it's not just a celebration. It is very much an examination of how this thing can be good and can actually like can improve your life in certain elements and sort of, you know, for whatever reasons or what that allows you to then do. But it's also very aware of the fact that binge drinking is really dangerous. And like Denmark has a huge binge drinking problem. So it's very much studying that and looking at why people do it, how it's not all bad, but the dangers of it as well. But more than that, it's this really beautiful film about male intimacy. It's these four teachers, these four friends who've been friends for a long time, who are just in weird points in their life. And I was I was reminded when I saw it of like the Oceans films, mm. because I don't think they're, they're like the only other films that come to mind. Where I'm like, these films just explore dudes who are close and who are friends, and guys just hanging out who just love being with each other in a purely platonic way. And that's what this film is like. It's just four guys who are like, we need each other, and they get all, like, it's just this beautiful film about male intimacy, and like. It's got this amazing dance scene at the end with Mads just like showing his moves. It's it's so much fun. It's a really good film. I, f- I highly rate it. Dude, if you want a film about four bros just being good buddies, The Lord of the Rings, man. Oh. <laughs> highly recommended. It's nine is, it in, is it in <laughs> no, Danish? The four Hobbits. Um, okay, so I actually have heard of this film. Um, I peaked it a few months ago when I was trying to look at movies to watch and I, that had popped up and it did pique my interest um there's a few movies actually with mads mickelson that have come out in the last year that i'm interested in seeing that i didn't know much about but i yeah, haven't well, got around just to watching this, this but yeah. it sounds it sounds interesting um and obviously it's reviewed very well as well and i i love me some mads mickelson so i need to get on that and yeah writers of justice because that sounds right up my alley as well yep it does that's on my i wish i could have watched it list yeah Yep. Yeah, no, sounds interesting. I'll, I'll check it out. I'm uh, very much in need of movie recommendations this year because I mm. I don't know, I had a weird year. It was hard to watch movies for part of it. 
uh, we spent a lot of time in hospital. And then when we were home, we were just, we just had comfort TV on. We were watching The Office and Parks and Rec and, and uh, some other stuff like that. But I do have some recommendations. My first one uh, is Mayor of East Town. So the premise, in a suburb of Philadelphia, police detective Mayor Sheehan uh, investigates the recent murder of a teenage mother while trying to keep her own life from falling apart. Mayor is a local hero, hero having been the star of a high school basketball championship game 25 years ago. She, also, she has also been unable to solve the case of another missing young girl for a whole year, leading many in the community to doubt her de- detective skills. Her personal troubles include divorce, a son lost to suicide, and a custody battle with her, with her ex-heroin addict, former daughter-in-law over Mayor's grandson. Um, wow. There's a lot going on. Um, yeah, Mayor of Town. Small town stories, even though this is like in the suburbs, small town stories are so hot right now. There's so many, um, yep. like, Conan, one of your recommendations that I watched this year was The Outsider, and that's all about, you know, how mm. in small towns everybody knows each other, everybody, rumours abound, and everybody assumes, you know, they assume they, they know the person next door and they know what they're like, and then they find out some secret or something like that. And there's just been so many films that have touched on this, and Mayor of East Town is very much like that as well. Everybody knows who Mayor is. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's related to each other, and Mayor yeah, has to yeah. try and navigate this web of people to solve this murder mystery while her life is just falling apart. She's an absolute disaster of a human being. Um, Kate Winslet so plays good. plays Mayor, and uh, she she's... She's phenomenal in this in this series. Mm. Um, Remar- yeah, remarkable performance. Yeah, she just goes from being this you know this tough ass um, detective to to drunk and stumbling over herself to just like an absolute mess of human being. Um, the relationships between her and her ex husband and her mother and her daughter are just are fascinating to look at. And then, yeah, as mm. it says in the, the synopsis, she's got a she's got a son that she's trying to get a grandson that she's trying to get custody of. Um all the while like you know, living in a moral grey area a lot of the time, um, while she's trying to solve this mystery. And the murder mystery is genuinely very interesting. It definitely takes mm. some turns. It had me guessing right up until the end. I uh, I didn't pick the ending. I saw Stephen King tweeted about this show quite a bit, and he did pick the ending quite early on. So, but I don't know. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's better at that than I am. But I mean, when you when you, Stephen King, no, nah, yeah, when right. you write a, a thousand <laughs> mystery novels, you you learn a thing or two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if this show doesn't win like every award at the at, the, uh, at, at any TV awards, there's something wrong. Kate Winslet deserves everything. I think she gets because she's. Yeah, she's just phenomenal in this in this yep. show. Better watch out for that Hawkeye. I think it, it might steal some. Of <laughs> yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy Renner's going to give her a real run. And Boy, give her a real run um, for her money. So, I'd heard this name, uh, Mayor of East Town, like probably from you guys. Um, like when you were watching it, I don't know, but I'd it sounded familiar when uh, you sent the message earlier on today. I was like, oh, I've, I swear I've heard that name. I'd never looked it up and had read the synopsis and stuff like that and seen the reviews and the cast and i was like this sounds really fascinating and yeah. like to the point like i'm probably going to start watching it when we finish this podcast tonight because Ooh. i'm really intrigued to watch this and it sounds like something i'm like i'm in the mood for something like that you know um and yeah like i'm i'm keen to watch this so it's just it's it's so good it does the best thing that all like mysteries do right it's all about the human sort of the human element and the human problem in here and so it's her relationships are more of the concern than anything, but it's just yeah. how the mystery brings out 
brings out the the issues facing modern day America, right? Because it seemed like this dying um, Rust Belt town. Let's say small town. Everyone knows each other. There's everyone's just doing drugs because there's nothing else to do. Mm. Like no one wants to admit they're kind of they're living in the the post American dream. And the the mystery is this great, you know, like both metaphor for the death of innocence and the death of America as a country. And it's just it does all those things you want. It's just got phenomenal. It's like pure prestige TV. Great cast. Everyone's giving an amazing performance. Really well constructed and written. Like got a lot to say. Um, I think I finished the show in, you know, like two afternoons. I watched like yeah. four episodes, then three, because I was just it was really was like as soon as I finished, like, geez, I need to keep watching. I um yeah. I think best show of the year for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree. And they do a really good like yeah, the twists and turns are really good. Like this I spent several episodes just absolutely hating this one character, thinking this guy's yeah. such a scumbag, he's doing this to these young women, and then you find out he's like totally innocent or he's not doing what you think he's doing and then like there's this other character who's just a total deadbeat and then you find out he dies and stuff like, like it's just and it's kind of heartbreaking like it's just so that's, that's not spoil no then i mean they're very general spoilers sorry maybe that was a little too far but um it just it does <laughs> a great, people die yeah people die yeah. it does a great job at just setting these characters up and then taking on the twists and turns of their relationships and and yeah, hmm. you, you get a real idea of this small town and how everybody um, relates to each other and fits together, and you know their, their grudges that they're holding on to twenty years later, and it's fascinating. Yeah, and I think as well, just this isn't a spoiler, but just a, a broader co- like comment. I think it's a great thing because it's not too bogged down in its own depression. Like a lot of prestige shows, like um, I don't know it reminds me a bit of True Detective without the the supernatural element. And I adore that show, but it's very, you know, it's very bleak. It's very dark. There's very little hope. Whereas this is a bit more, I was listening to a, a podcast with the the writer and he was talking about how he sort of was interested more in sort of a, not necessarily a positive outlook, but just like the a goodness of humanity. And I think it comes out really well in this show that it's not just, you know, we're all screwed and there's no hope. It's like, we're all screwed, but there is hope in these small little things that we can do in, and in micro moments, which is really nice to have. Mm. Yeah, as much as like a disaster mayor's life is, there's there is moments of hope. There's moments of like family and togetherness, and it and it feels really wholesome in those moments. And yeah, it it, yeah. it does all that so well. This um this whole like thing of going back to like your hometown, you know, and people holding grudges twenty years later and solving a mystery. It reminds me of um, a limited series I watched last year. Did either of you watch Sharp Objects with Amy Adams? No, but no. it's on my list similar sort of story like a, I believe she's a journalist that goes back to a town where all these mystery crimes have been happening for 20 years and it's mm. but it's um it's a disturbing show there's not much levity to that show that's yeah, probably I, the main difference I heard it was really very, disturbing very um, and messed up and dark and depressing but really really strong show as well but yeah no I'm I'm really keen to watch that so this is why I don't go back to our hometown because I know that you guys have got grudges against me still and oh. I'll probably get killed. So. <laughs> yep. Um, that's the thing. I was like, this it just it describes our little town. Kind of you need to come <laughs> back and solve some of our murder mysteries because that's getting out of Seriously, control, man. man. You're the journalist. <laughs> now that Where I'm a writer, <laughs> now that I'm a writer, I'm prime protagonist material. Exactly. Exactly. Alan Wake. Um <laughs> my next Movie recommendation is a movie that I saw recently. Um, a small little indie film called Dune. Um, the most indie of indie films. Yes. Tell me more. 
So, look, here's the synopsis. Uh, Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people as malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, only those who can conquer their own fear will survive. So obviously this people have been hyping this movie up for a long time. Um, originally a book and there was a movie or TV series back in the nineties or eighties or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd never known much about this until this movie was coming out. I, I love, uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Um, I love his stuff. I think he's an amazing director and, you know, the cast and everything had me intrigued. I was worried as I've gone into, in another podcast of ours, um, that the sand would turn me off because I'm not a fan of sand movies and in the desert and dry and hot heat and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I was enthralled by this film. Um, it's like, it was such a, a great experience watching it at the cinema. It felt like it really did feel like a cinema experience that you needed to see it at the cinema for um, just like, you know, the booming bass and stuff like it it added to that, that feel of that movie. And I felt like it was, you know, watching what people would have felt like when they watched Star Wars for the first time. Um, and I know this is weird now to think about it, but I had this thought when I, I first watched Guardians of the Galaxy back in 2014, this like, uh, you know, back then there were unknown people. People weren't sure how that movie was going to go. And I remember leaving that movie and like, that was great. Like that was hilarious. Like I loved that That's movie. my Star Wars. You know, if I, I I said that to my friend, we walked out. <laughs> and I was like, "This is this generation Star Wars," um, you know. But and I've said it walking out of this one as well. I'm like, "This it." I was just fascinated by the world, the law. I want to know more about all this stuff. I'm really fascinated to read the book um, mm. now and the 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 other books um, that you've mentioned, Griner. Um, the cast is amazing. Uh, great score, Hans Zimmer, my boy. Um, just, yeah, fascinated. Like I was, had moments watching the movie where I would sit there and be like, this is awesome. Like, I was like, I'm like captivated by this. And, um, yeah, I I really want to know more about that world and I can't wait for part two and I wish it was coming sooner than what it is, but the wait begins. Um, and I, I love the whole part one aspect. It sort of gives me fellowship vibes. Like when that movie just ends and it's like, you know, it's characters walking and it's like, then the credits roll and it's like, well, this is just the first part of, you know, this story. And I kind of like that in a way. Um, you guys have both seen it. I know that. What did you guys think? Bernie, you go first. So, Dune uh, was a mo- like a, a book that I'd wanted to read for a while. And when I saw the movie was coming out, um, I, I decided to read the book first. I, wa- I just wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be that asshole who <laughs> says, well, actually in the book. Uh, I'll try not to be that guy. But, um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, it it's probably one of the more faithful book adaptations out there. Like Lord of the Rings probably stands above it in terms of being faithful. Although that not having Tom Bombadil really does, uh, it's not necessary. Criminal, drag criminal. It down. But uh, no, like it's, it, you know, Dennis is very, he's very um, faithful to the book, which I really appreciated. And it, reading the book, I'm like, how the hell do you put this into a movie? Cause so much of the book is about these really abstract concepts, like the voice and, um, his ability to see what's going on in the future and these visions that he has. But I think they, by and large, do a really good job capturing that. 
And like technically it's hard to fault this movie. The um just these sweeping shots of of mm. um Arrakis and the city and like you see all the dust all the sand, you know, up in the corners of all the buildings and you yeah, you get that booming music and then you show the Atreides home planet, so you show Caladan and it's it's this like Spanish inspired place, like it has a very, very different feel. And all through the books they're talking about how 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 wet Caladan is compared to uh Arrakis. Yeah. Um and I think he like captures that sort of stuff really well. Um yeah. I think some of the performances are a little bit stilted. <laughs> like the movie feels <laughs> a little heartless, a little robotic to me in places. Yeah. I think um what I can't Anyone remember. What's in particular? The... Call oh, um, Paul, what's uh, what's the actor's name? Chalamet. Paul Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. He's uh, it's hard though because Paul is a very he's kind of a strange character in a lot of ways. Like like I said, he's having these visions and stuff like that. Um, he is kind of robotic in some ways in the book, but there's other parts where he shows um really great compassion and stuff like this that they didn't sort of get across in the movie. I, I don't I don't know how you do it heaps better than what it was done, but I I don't know how did you guys feel about his his acting, did you feel he was a bit stilted, a bit robotic, a little heartless? I, so I had the same thought. I think almost everyone else is great. Chalamet is kind of the part that I couldn't figure. He's very enigmatic. I couldn't figure out if everything he did was intentional and it's like he's trying to be a blank slate almost or if it's just he couldn't figure out how to connect with his character. Mm. And uh, it's interesting looking at the reviews of this. So everyone sort of has seen this film and everyone at least I've seen on like Letterboxd and talking to about it's like they love it, but they're not, they're not willing to say it's the best film ever. They're like, it's great, but there's something holding it back. And that's sort of my feeling with it. I adore mm. Villeneuve. I think he's probably the best director working currently. And his formal precision is, like, amazing. Like, the the way he just frames everything, his shot of, like, the brutalist architecture on Dune versus mm. the endless sands. Some of the scenes, like the storm, the shock troopers just kind of floating down. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the, the majesty of when a ship ascends or descends and just how he sort of – he stops and watches that for, like – a minute and you're just like this is this is cool i'm just watching the majesty of this space world happen mm. but yeah there is i also i almost feel like it's it's so precise and f- formally perfect to a fault where there is an element of humanity missing um and i i just wonder if that's impossible to not do when you're like i have to create a whole world in two and a half hours right yeah, I, like I, I don't know. It, it's I feel like Dune is such a hard project. Like obviously they've tried twice before, and both twice, maybe even three times. Is it was there two there were, movies and a TV series? I think there was there was a very infamous um, attempted movie by this weird director called Alejandro Jorodowski. Yeah, um, he was apparently going to be really faithful because he was going to go like full balls to the wall, drug fused space. That's high. right. Yep. But um, so yeah, there's a documentary about it. Really interesting, but that never got made. Right. So, but it has been tried before, very unsuccessfully. Um, yeah, like it, it feels like such a hard project. And I, like, I, like I feel like he's done such a good job, but I, yeah, it just doesn't feel quite there. I'm hoping part two can redeem it a bit. Like there is a lot of that heartlessness of part one will, will probably fade away in part two, I believe, um, with where the story goes. And I hope, I hope Den- Denny's can, can, uh, can uh, pull that all together and and give us a really good part two, and then maybe even more parts in the future. Because Luke, how did you feel about it? You, I think you liked this the most out of all of us, right? Oh well, I'm just not going to talk about it now because you're just no. my, <laughs> my <favorite movie laughs> recommendation. Let, let me I'm joking. Let me just... I'm joking. I I can see what you're saying. Like 
even the parts of the movie that I know you mentioned um, the other day, like where it's meant to show his compassion with the the trees, the palm trees. Yeah, the delivery is quite just like um robotic. Like when, well, perhaps we should do this then. Like instead of like, oh, wouldn't you know? It's not much compassion there or anything. But I feel like I like sort of what Conan said. I don't know if that's intentional, where it kind of feels like this um I don't know unhuman like quality to like this. And I'm not. I don't know if that's just humanity hundreds of years from now in space, and that's what people are like, and it's not like what we're like, you know, like. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. sure me walking out there seeing the palm trees would be very different than this this guy with the voice and all this sort of stuff. But um yeah, I don't know. I I thought that I found that part of the appeal of the film. Like I found his performance kind of what it needed to be. It's not like I was like, man, his performance was amazing. He's like it it's kind of this blank mono, like monotonous thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah. Yeah, you're right. And Paul like in the book, he's a bit of a an enigma. Like he's he's very competent at everything he does without even having to try. Um, mm-hmm. And they sort of get that across in the movie a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of, lot in the books about his his mother and father and their relationship and how she's a concubine, not actually his wife, but how he would yeah, never ever he would never never ever take a woman except for her. Like I don't know. There's a mm-hmm. lot of family dynamic there that you don't really get a lot of look at here that I. I don't know. I feel makes their family a lot more, um, See, yeah, relatable. Because like, there's a line in that, um, not to spoil the movie, but like, there's a line that he says, like, oh, "I wish I should have married you" or something like that. Yeah. And I had a moment. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they're not married." Like, it's you know, it's like a thing. Like, I just assumed it's this mother and father and their kid. Like, it's no, it's you know, it's, it doesn't go into all that sort of stuff. There's, poli- there's politics behind everything, right? So. See, I do feel like I wonder if it would have been better to have the first film all about the political world building and setup, and then the second film all about his journey. Because I, I kind of thinking about it more, I feel like ending it where they do, where they thought if they do so much world building at the beginning, and then they have the whole. I mean, we're going to spoil it, right? Are yeah. we going to spoil it or no? Yeah, spoilers. So they have, they have, you're listening. Yeah, so they have the whole assault where the whole um, the Atreides the House Atreides gets killed, the betrayal. Yeah. Yeah, and then kind of his journey starts, and that's for about half an hour towards the end. And I almost feel like it would have been better to just have more of just like here is the politics and the family stuff going on, and then like have that whole battle be the final part and mm. end there, right? It's have, have that be your Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Not exactly. Dark Note that Atreides is wiped out and he's off. Exactly. To- and we see him about to begin his journey. And I don't know if it's because they had to get Zendaya in there because she's not actually in. She's only in those flash forwards, so it's like we need to show her properly or or what exactly. But I kind of wish they'd spend more time fleshing all of this, a bit more of the political stuff out because I, you can tell it's there. There's a lot of great moments hinting at stuff. Yeah. Mm. And for most of the film, it works, but there's a lot of stuff I'm like, I want to know a tiny bit more of everything rather than see his um, his journey halfway done. Yeah, I think they could have done that. I think the middle chapter would probably be pretty boring, would be the only... I don't know how you'd construct yeah. a middle chapter out of what is directly in the book and make something interesting. Like, lots of stuff happens, but it's um, it's all very much building up to what happens at the end. So, uh, it's a, yeah, uh, it's a really challenging book to adapt. Like, my hat's off, my hat off to him to, for what he managed, but, um, yeah, it's yeah. a rough, 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 rough gig. Yeah. I will say, seeing it at the movies was, like... You know, at the risk of sounding like a tool, this is cinema, right? This is why we go. This is why we go to these things. Like yeah. it's weird that in America it was released on HBO 
you know, at the same time. And so many people, I think, are watching it there. I'm like, that would just be I mean, a very different experience. Dennis was, Dennis was very, uh, very like, upset about that. So, as like, you should be, my man. Yeah, so. Like, this film is what Christopher Nolan was saying Tenet was. Like, this film <laughs> yeah, did exactly. need to be seen at the cinema. You know? like, so, yeah. we're all, we're all recommending what, Tenet as our final movie, aren't we? Naturally, best film of. 2020, oh, God. Like, <laughs> when, yeah. when did it even come out? I don't like that, hey? <laughs> um, all right, is it me? Yeah, go. All right. Um, I might take this chance then to talk about No Time to Die because I think we, look, we had a lot of crossover here. We had a lot of films and shows that were like, we all kind of liked that, but just for the sake of diversity, No, no Time to Die was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Similar thing, you know, seeing it, going back to the movies, this was kind of the first big one this year that when they cinemas reopened in Australia, I was there to see. Very excited to watch it. Um, really good film. I mean, it's, you know, the we've talked about it at length in our, on this podcast, but a perfect final chapter to a, a franchise very close to my heart and yeah. a really good love letter to, you know, what Bond is and just a great, I oh know, a really good film. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool to, to go back to the cinema, see a big Bond film after so many years of waiting. And I think for most, the most part, they, they did a good job. Um, six years. Yeah. Like it's six it, years. It's ludicrous. Yeah. It's ludicrous. Right. And even if it's not the best, like I'm sure there are better films this year that I've seen that I'm, I'm not including here, which is criminal, but this is an experience that I will remember. So going back, seeing Bond and it's like, this and is great. And not to spoil it, the, but like the end of Daniel Craig's Bond. Yeah, you know, it was it's powerful, and that's something that I'll remember for a long time. Exactly, it's kind of like a meta moment. It's like this is a, a moment of film history that's kind of important to me. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. Craig's been my bond most of my life, and so this is a big deal. But it's, it's the Infinity War snap. This is my Infinity War. You're right. Exactly. So, no, um, as we discussed it on our James Bond podcast, um, I loved this film. You know, uh, it had like. Had me reminiscing that Daniel Craig has basically been my bond, um, you know, from watching Casino Royale from when I was 13 or 14 years old. Yeah. Um, and then seeing his series end now at like 29. It's crazy. And yeah, it had an impact and it was it felt like a big thing to go watch it, you know. Um, and yeah, like especially after Spectre, um, <laughs> I think it was definitely a, a vast improvement over Spectre. Vast. Um, yes, it was. Yeah. Highly recommended, but interesting to see where that franchise goes now. Mm. Watch yeah, our the... James Bond podcast to know more about. What you should. Together. You'll hear us say these exact things, but this is the first ever Bond movie I saw in the cinema. But um, <laughs> yeah, I really, I did really enjoy it. It was a good experience. I will try and seek them out in the cinema in future because I, yeah, I enjoyed it way more than I normally enjoy Bond. I think. Yeah. Weird how, weird how watching Bond on a Saturday night with ads is is not the perfect way to watch not, James yeah, Bond movie. Who would have guessed? Real way. I know. Who just thought? Yeah. All right. My uh, my next recommendation, another TV show. It started a while ago. It's not didn't start in 2021, but it finished in 2021. So I'm going to count that as a 2021 TV show. Uh, a, Atypical. Have you guys seen Atypical? No. no. Okay. And I know the show, but um, I don't it? know it at all. Yeah, uh, let me f- see if I can find a synopsis real quick. But it's yeah. um, go ahead. Sorry, 
I was say it's about the um, the autistic guy, right? Yeah. So Sam is an eighteen year old with a mild form of autism. His mother has tried to protect him from the world, but he feels it's time he establishes some independence. Throughout this his funny yet emotional journey of self discovery, Sam finds himself dealing with the typical teenage teenage situations that include broken friendships, graduation, going to college, and the most daunting task yet: starting a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a little bit like Mayor of Easttown in that. Um, it's a show about Sam. He's he's a, he's a guy with autism, um, finishing school basically is where where we sort of start the show, um, and it goes through to him finishing school and, and working out what he's going to do with the rest of his life. Um, but all around him are really interesting characters as well. So his family is made up of his mother, father, and and his sister, um, and his mother and father are having relationship problems. His mother's very overbearing and very overprotective of him. Um, and he's trying to get out and do things on his own and show that he can, you know, make it in the world. Um, and I think it, it start like I enjoyed it from the start, but I think it only got stronger as a TV show. Um, it was a real, I think the, the main actor, I'll have to try and find his name, but uh, Keir Gilchrist, he's Keir not, Gilchrist. Uh, I don't think he is actually autistic as far as I know, but he um, plays oh. the character very well. Um, and then after the first season, they start including a lot of other characters who are who are differently abled, who have other 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 um, disabilities, and they they're really interesting and very funny. But you never feel like you're laughing at them; you're just laughing at the situations they get themselves into and stuff. Mm. Like it's 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 very. I think it's very well handled in that way, and it ends up being just a very uh, wholesome show. Um, yeah, it's interesting seeing Sam, you know, deal with getting a girlfriend and. Um, and, you know, sex and stuff like this that, um, you know, typical relationships have that happen and it's not such a big deal. But for Sam it is and it's, I don't know, I, I found it a really interesting, wholesome show. Um, but, yeah, a bit like Mayor of Easttown. It's, it's about the relationships around the main character as well that are just as interesting as, as what's going on in his life. Yeah. So has it finished now in 2021? It or? finished in 2021, yeah, so four seasons. Yep. They're about four 10 seasons. episodes each season. Um yeah, it's not a hugely long show. I I think it's I think it's pretty good. I recommend it. It's got Michael Rappaport in it. Does does that? Who the hell is that? He's the dad. Oh. Memory. You you'd know him. You know his voice from stuff as well. But um, yeah, I hadn't hadn't even heard of this this show before. Um, inter- interesting. So four seasons, and yeah, it's been going since two thousand seventeen. And Netflix, it's a Netflix show, isn't it? Yes, on Netflix. It'll never leave Netflix. So. You can you can put it on your to do list and then never watch it like everything else. <laughs> there, there it is. No, it's just a good, um, it's a good like coming of age story. It's, uh, yeah. it's fun. Interesting to hear um, that like the main actor isn't actually um, autistic. Um, I bl- as far as I know, he is not. Yes. No, not from what I could just find there. But I mean, everyone is to some extent, right? Yeah, it is a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm. I'd be interested to watch it. So it's a comedy drama sort of series. Comedy drama. It, yeah, it's a bit like I'm trying to think what else it's like, but it's not like super heavy on the on the on the funnies. It's not not a joke a minute, but there's there's some very very funny moments that the characters get themselves into. Um, but I think yeah. it's all it's all handled very wholesomely. I'll say. Yeah. How would it compare to another hit show called The Good Doctor, which is also about? Oh, I hate the an good autistic doctor. person. I can't stand the Good Doctor. <laughs> Me too. I, Me too. So I, I, I've never actually watched The Good Doctor. I've only seen like trailers and stuff for it, but he, he speaks in a very stuttering way as far as I can tell and repeats himself a lot. It's so infuriating. And Sam is more, he just, he struggles to express himself at times, I guess is what I would say. 
Um, and he he can be, no, he's a bit like, I don't know, this is a weird comparison, but he's a bit like Drax. Like he just takes things very literally and will repeat <laughs> yeah. them back and, and doesn't always understand what, what's going on in the people around him. And But it's interesting to see him change over the seasons and, and start to learn more and relate to people better. It's, are you yeah. saying, are you saying Drax, Drax? Drax was one of was one of our earliest um, repre- on screen representations of autism. Drax might be on the spectrum. Who knows? <laughs> I hope that's not offensive to anyone. I'm not trying to be offensive. I yeah, I think this show. I think I think it was criticised early on because it didn't have a lot of um, actors on the spectrum or anything like that. Um, but from the second season, I know they really tried to up that, and they did a, they did it really well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 interesting. Some of those characters around him are so funny. And yeah, like I said, you're not laughing at them or you're not laughing at them because they're autistic. You're laughing at them because they get themselves into funny situations and the way they handle things is very funny. Yep. Yeah. Um, just a quick shout out to Mitchell's Verse Machines has, uh, I know it was lauded as having great representation. Her brother is uh, autistic and it's, yeah, handled well. And just another shout out for that movie. It's a great movie. You should watch it. <laughs> So your third recommendation um, is Mitchell's vs. the Machines? Mitchell's Machines again. So but six my, months after you saw it the first time. It's much my better. third uh, recommendation for movies for the year, The Power of the Dog. Mm. So this is a documentary about dogs. No. Um, so the I'll year is 1925. Severe, pale-eyed, handsome. No, I'm not describing the three of us. Phil Burbank is a domineering rancher whose romance, power, and fragility is trapped in the past and in the land. He can castrate a bull calf with two swift slashes of his knife. He swims naked in the river, smearing his body with mud. He is a cowboy as raw as his hides. Phil responds with mocking cruelty when his brother brings home a new wife and her son until the unexpected comes to pass. So this is a new Netflix film, only came out about two weeks ago, I believe, uh, directed by Jane Campion. Um, currently 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know you guys don't care about that, but me, something. More, more importantly, it's got a 90 meta score, which is very good. There we go. That's very impressive. Um, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, starring as the lead. Um, I'm a big fan of him. This is a, I think a different role for him. Um, one that I think he does outstanding in as the main character. It's got um, Meth Damon in it. I was I was trying no, to think of the, the the actor's name. Do not was, no. Do not insult Head was Meth Damon, but no, yeah, he's Jesse good. He's good. But yeah, uh, he is phenomenal. From Breaking Bad and El Camino fame, and um, yeah. So he plays his brother, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, plays the wife. Um, she's great in that role as well. Uh, and uh, oh, what's what's his name? Cody. Cody Smith McFee. Cody Smith McPhee from The Road and Planet of the Apes. Uh, he's he's the son. Um, great movie. So I watched this less than 24 hours ago. So I watched this last night because it was one of the films that has been on my list. And I was like, I need to watch this before this podcast because um, yeah. I've heard great things about it. So I watched it last night. Loved it. Uh, very, um, very intense. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of this character is really... Um, he plays an asshole really well. Um, mm. You know, he's like intimidating. Uh, he plays, it's just, I don't want to, don't want to give away too much, but it goes in like unexpected directions um, that I wasn't expecting when I read the synopsis and started watching the film, the second half of the film, it goes in a different direction than I thought it would have and left, left an impact by the end of it. I was like, I was like, damn, I was like, that was, 
That was great. Um, highly recommend it. It's on Netflix now, so it only came out two weeks or so ago. But uh, neither of you have seen this, correct? But Conan, I know it's on your to watch list. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is um, you know, this is a record real festival, darling, and mm-hmm. one of those, you know, like definitely going to be in the race for best picture at the Oscars. Um, yeah. easily, easily a contender for taking the prize. So you know, it's like every year there's a few films that are like this is, but this is already going to be one of the best films of the year before anyone's seen it, and this was one of them, and. Everyone's agreeing. Everyone's like, "Yeah, this is one of the best films of the year." So, yeah. same deal. It was at the. It was doing a run at the um at some cinemas here a few weeks ago. But I was like, "It's going to be on Netflix." So I'm just going to wait till then. But from what I've gathered, I should have seen it in the cinema because it's very beautiful, right? Like, there's a lot of beautiful yeah. shots, and and it's a similar thing to June, where like they stay on shots for a while, um, like mm. of the landscape, you know. Um, I believe it was filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand to look like Montana. Yeah, it's um, it's totally New Zealand. I don't know if that's just the Lord of the Rings guy in me, just like every landscape. I'm like, it's Middle Earth. <laughs> no, I, I saw something, and somebody was like, um, people are just like, that's not Montana. Have you seen not seen Yellowstone? That's Montana. So I think everyone knows that this is New Zealand, but yeah, like, cool, cool. It's just from looking at the the landscape. I was like, that's New Zealand. I was like, I know that from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, really good film. Um, Jesse Plemons as well is great, uh, like you said earlier. But um, yeah, inter- interesting direction. I'm I'm really glad I watch it, and I I highly recommend it. But Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah. it's always great. Yeah, Jane Campion's a really interesting filmmaker. Like obviously New Zealand um, woman made some like very sparse. Has made a bunch of stuff, but like you know over a long period of time. This was her first film in twelve years. Yeah, so she made um, Top of the Lake, that crime show. Mm. Sort of that was her project last decade. But yeah, not, yeah, her last film before this was in 2009, which that's the only film of hers I've seen, Bright Star, which is is good, but she's got she's very interesting. She's very kind of, um, I don't know, got like a detached, uh, an awareness of like exploring emotion but being detached from it because Top of the Lake's really cold and weird and Bright Star is both beautiful and not. It's, mm. I I'm, I'm very excited to watch Power of the Dog, though. But yeah, it's a... Good commentary on toxic masculinity and all that good stuff, and yeah, it's a good film. Does it have any dogs? Or I don't think so. <laughs> That's bullshit. What a lie! Does anybody say the power of the dog in it? That's what we all need. Um, you see that it's like a it's a quote from something. Um, you see it in a book during the movie. I don't think he reads it out loud, but. I uh, yeah, this keeps popping up on my feet, my list too. So I'll have to watch it. I uh, yeah. I don't know if I like Benedict Cumberbatch very much. Uh, why? I, He's I don't great. know. I liked. I, I was like all all. I was a Cumberbitch all through uh, Sherlock. Like I was all about him. <laughs> and then Sherlock kind of got bad towards the end. Yeah, it did. Hey? And then I'm not the biggest fan of Doctor Strange. And I think Smaug was crap. What? <laughs> hey. No, not hey, his fault entirely. But great. The movie's not great. He's performed, he's smelled the character's great. Anyway, I'll give him another I'll give him another chance. Is it because he's funny looking? No. I like even like the imitation game, a movie I was actually I was quite enjoyed. Say, imitation game. I quite enjoyed. I found him I mean he's supposed to be kind of painful in it and he is kind of painful. I don't know. Maybe he's doing a good mm. job. I need to lay off. He, he's pretty much always got that like um ego character that yeah, like, he's, he's a posh like, up himself, wanker of a but, man, um, yeah. 
so it, it was interesting. It was interesting to see him in this role where he's like, you know, does he have an American accent? Um, not really. Is it he supposed like to come about more Don't Montana? Know. It's. I mean, yeah, he's, is he supposed to be yeah. born and bred from Montana? Or is he supposed to be? Yeah, an expat. But, mm. Oh, yeah. there's probably a hint of an accent. It's nothing ridiculous or noticeable. He just sounded like Benedict Cumberbatch being a cowboy to me. Okay. On the ranch. Might be a hard That watch. sounds strange. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, he, he, he did good in it. He's, he's good. So, don't know how you're not a fan of Doctor Strange. Like, what's Doctor Strange is great. It's a bit meh. Yeah. Anyway, enough of the Marvel hate. This is there not a Marvel That's podcast. three recommendations that weren't Marvel. Thank you very much. Just saying. Oh man! Wait till we get to my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's just going to be three marbles. That's cool. All right. Um, is that me now? Yeah, it's you now. All right. Have you guys ever heard of a film called Tatane? No, I can't say I have. What? All right. Have you ever heard of a film called Raw? R A W. I have heard of that. I haven't seen it. All right. So Tatane, a French Palme d'Or winning film. That is, you know, that's that's a big thing. One one cans. Yeah. Basically. It is a film about where do I where do I even start? I'm trying to put it in the simplest thing, it is a film about a young girl who, after I'll, I'll read the IMDb synopsis because that's the most um, vague but helpful for the sake of this conversation. Also, while you're looking that up, don't read the Rotten Tomato synopsis for Power of the Dog. It basically just says the whole movie. And yeah, I've heard, I've heard, yeah. I've heard I was like, some. what is this? I can't say this. I'm looking up Raw and I see a screenshot that looks like it's just spoiled the whole thing. So anyway, I'm a bit annoyed at myself. But... <laughs> Raw's great. Watch Raw. But okay, so it's directed by Julia um, Dirkenau, I think she pronounced it. Uh, this, is her sec- this is her second film. Basically, so following a series of unexplained crimes, a father is reunited with a son who has been missing for 10 years. That's essentially all you need to know going into this. I saw this because I loved Raw. It's a phenomenal film, one of the best horror films of uh, the year. And this is her next film. It was meant to be incredibly controversial. It had people walking out of theatres, um, you know, people in an uproar, which I always love. And it is one of the most bizarro pieces of... I don't even know what to call it. It is a mess, but it is the hottest mess you will ever see. This, it, this is a horror thriller? I don't know. It, it's got parts of that. But it's definitely not you only. Don't know. You watched it though, didn't you? Oh, I saw it. I loved it. So, I, you have to watch this film knowing nothing. If you look into what it's about, if you really do delve into the plot, it's going to ruin it. I went into this only knowing who she was and like, yep, yeah, cool. She makes good stuff. Won the Palme d'Or. I'm, I'm interested. And knowing that was so much better because the whole thing was just a crazy ride. It was two hours of like, what the hell is happening? Where am I going in this? Why is this happening? How is that happening? But it's just, it's this fascinating film. It's like someone's weird fever dream, but they've like they've actually memorized the whole thing and they've got it down to a perfect to a T. Like it's on one hand, it's this horrible body horror, like some of the most disturbing imagery you'll ever seen, horrifically disgusting shots. And then on other and then on other scenes, it's got some of the most beautiful like humanity on there. It's it's fascinating. Just it's got this great human story under there, but it also makes no sense because of what's actually going on on screen. It's crazy fun. It's got these amazing, like these beautiful moments of cinema. There's this phenomenal one shot that um just gets you in the completely gets you in the headspace for it. There's this great dance scene that is like it feels like you're sort of participating in this beautiful moment of catharsis. It's it is a film that is definitely not up anyone's alley, but man, it's worth seeing if you guys get a chance. It's, it's so whack. <laughs> don't watch this movie, but it's so good. Like legit, I came out. I'm like, I don't know what it's about, but I also know completely what it's about. It's it's crazy. It's 
it's just one of the most interesting films I've seen. Like, it's not like anything else. It is truly its own creation. Um, I, I just, you guys need to see it. It's, it's great. You'll probably hate it, but that's okay as well because it's just fascinating. We'll, we'll have to do a watch along. The three of us just sit down and watch this together. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I just, yeah, read the synopsis, but yeah, sounds interesting. Sounds odd. Like, but... yeah. I kind of want to. I don't. I don't even want to give away. But there's just, like there's... just your reaction is almost selling me on it, but yeah, also same. not selling me on it. It's a trip, man. <laughs> I'm like, Conan found the body horror in this disturbing. This horror, horror guy I know. I don't like, know if I want to yeah. watch it, but I'm intrigued. Mm. Oh, it's nuts. I might need somebody to hold me while I watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come over and we'll watch it together. Yeah, you guys watch it together. Um, this movie came out a long time ago. I just. You describing it and like your reaction to it just reminds me of a film I saw ages ago. Um, did you ever watch Into the Skin? Is it Into the Skin or Under, under, the, skin? under the Skin? Yeah. Uh, no, no. So I have a Blu-ray copy here, ready to go. One okay. day. Okay. That was a weird film. Um, that this reminds me of, and was recommended to me by someone. Yeah, I think they're actually. I didn't look at that person the same after watching it. So. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's probably a similar comparison because I heard a lot of the same discourse around. To saying that I did around under the skin, so yeah, yeah. Scarlett Johansson is in that, and yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Tatane, check it out. Did you, Conan, a chance. Just curious. You don't have to answer this. Did your wife watch this movie with you? My lord, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I saw. I saw this in the movies with a friend, and I'm glad right. I did because okay. um, it was like again being in a, a dark room with nothing else to distract me or like nowhere to go. Definitely helped me just be like I'm. Some it's like someone's just led me into a dark forest and I'm along for the ride and they could do anything to me here and I'm just going to have to enjoy it. It's like a clockwork orange where you're like pinned down and your eyes are pinned open and you just can't look away. You have to watch. Basically, yeah. And you just drool from the mouth the whole time. Okay. (laughs) Is is this a film that needs to be seen in cinema? No, I um, (laughs) it definitely helps. There's great moments that are enhanced by it, but it's not. I don't want you guys to have any excuses to not watch it, all right? Oh, damn it. I was like, <laughs> it didn't come to late. Intel Cinema, so. <laughs> no, check it out. Okay, true. All right, my final recommendation is a Netflix movie that never came out in the cinema, as far as I know. It doesn't have to be seen in the movies. A movie called Run. It came out at the end of last year, October last year. So I'm going to count it for this year because I watched it this year, okay. but. Hell is this? It's look. It's not the biggest movie ever. It's not the best movie ever. But I had a good time watching it. It's a a, a thriller movie. Uh, I'll give you the synopsis. Mm. Chloe was raised by her mother Diane in total isolation. Her mother has totally controlled her since she was born. But now, as a teenager, Chloe is starting to explore her mother's secrets. Um, mm. It's just. It's look. It's a plot that's been done more than once before. Where. Uh, overbearing parent is keeping their child prisoner essentially mm. um but it's it i don't know it's a fun movie i watched it with my family like my mum who's pretty conservative and she enjoyed it so i don't know if that says something about how much of a thriller it is it's not definitely not on the you know it's not there's no body horror in this movie at all it's uh so definitely more thriller than horror for sure there's no horror in this movie yeah. at all it's definitely yeah, like yeah. It's the kind of movie where you're yelling at the screen, like, hurry up and make that phone call or hurry up and lock that door or whatever. Don't go but, in there. Don't go in yeah, there. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it's there's nothing super scary about it. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's like the greatest movie ever. I feel like this is a weak movie for me personally. For movie, I didn't see a whole heap, but this was one that I had a good time with. Watched it with my family. The problem is it's hard to talk about without spoiling anything. The trailer spoils mm. just about the whole movie, so don't watch that if you're going to watch it. Watch no. it. Um, yeah. Sarah Paulson's great. Yeah, I don't yeah, mind Sarah Paulson. She's she's pretty good. There's not many other people in it. Um, yeah. And, I mean, really it's a movie about two people anyway. Kira, Kira Allen, who plays her daughter, does a really good job, um, plays a very sickly sickly girl, and she's, she's um, yeah, she's pretty good at that too. Um, Do you guys? It has Sorry, Tony Revolori in it. Oh, of course, Flash and the new Spider-Man films. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah, probably a small role, but yeah, yeah. Did you guys see Searching, the film? Um, oh, what's it? the? It came out in twenty eighteen. It was like all shot on a computer screen. No, but it's the same. It's the same director, right? Yeah, writer director. So I got yeah. Anish Chiganti. Yeah. So I, I've seen Searching, and Searching's really good. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. I'm I'm interested now in in run because yeah I really like searching so for what this is run. like a, a ninety minute minute thriller on Netflix like it's fun like I I I don't I didn't like I enjoyed it I enjoyed my time with it it's not going to win any awards I don't think it deserves to win any awards but yeah no. I think it's just a, a fun hour and a half it's not like it's not so scary or anything that you can't watch it with with family around, like, I think it's all right. Don't watch it with little kids, obviously, I'll but if you're looking, kids. Oh, if you're looking for something to watch with friends on a, on a Friday night and you know, yeah. they all have varying tastes in movies. You can't watch, you can't sit them down to watch Titan. You watch something like this. Oh, this can, is the kind of movie you put on. I can make anyone watch Titan. <laughs> <laughs> I have a chair, especially for it. Yeah. No, it, it's interesting. Okay. I've just, um, I've just screenshot it. So I can remember to have to watch it when we have like a, a night and we're looking for something to watch it. Mm. I think I'd, I'd enjoy watching that. So Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. enjoyable. It's it's mm. definitely a plot that's been done before because when I Googled the uh, the synopsis to try and remember the name of the film, about eight other films came up before this one. So, But anyway, <laughs> yep, yep. it's um, it's not, not completely original but done pretty well. Yeah. Um, Do you okay. guys have any uh, – that's our three recommendations for the year. I hope you, guys, hope you people listening enjoyed that. Uh, do you guys have yes. any honourable mentions, anything else you want to mention for the year 2021? So I'll just go through my list of honourable mentions. Um, sure. Just a quick shout-out to them. Um, so a film, Nobody, uh, oh. starring one Saul Goodman, Bob Odenkirk. Basically, Saul Goodman, John Wick film. Um, I really enjoy this. Uh, I felt like the um, the melee and like the fight scenes and the choreography in this was brutal. Um, like, especially felt like not so much gun violence. It felt like a lot of punching and you know that sort of sort of combat. Um, Christopher Lloyd's in it and he's great in yeah, it as awesome. well. Um, highly recommended uh, sort of action flick to watch. Um, we've talked about it on this podcast as well. The Fear Street trilogy um, was this year uh, fun horror Netflix trilogy that I really enjoyed watching. Um, A Quiet Place 2. Mm. It it nearly made it on my list. I think it was... um, Yeah. I thought that was... was... I think A Quiet Place is a hard movie to follow up, and I think they did pretty well. Yeah. I think they took it in an interesting direction. Yeah. Um, Like, it's you know, it covers this basically this small event, like, you know, to get to this place or whatever, and it's... It's weird that you know certain characters are separated for like the whole second half of that movie, and they don't. You know, I don't mm. want to spoil anything, but it's it's interesting. I'm keen to see 
what happens in the future of that franchise or anything, but I really yeah. enjoyed that film. That movie does a really good job, I think, at separating those characters and still making, like, giving you tension on both fronts. I think there's a yep, lot of scenes 100%. in that movie where there's, like, there's three different scenes going on and yeah. all of them are super tense and they all resolve at the same time. Them. And it's a, it's a, I won't say orgasmic, but it's a good, it's a good feeling when it all comes together because I think they do that pretty well. Yeah, that tension's just building from yeah. all sides, and yeah. you're like, "Oh yep. god, what one of these is going to go bad?" Yep. <laughs> or, yeah, surprisingly effective for John Krasinski. I didn't know he had it in him. But... Yeah, I'm keen to see what he does next. I, I feel yeah. like a quiet place wasn't something. I'm like, "Oh man, I need a sequel to that." I hope he makes something different next time because I think I think they're yeah, both I very agree. good movies considering. Yeah, yeah. and Cillian Murphy, he's tops. Yeah, he's great. All, always, always amazing. And Emily, um, and Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily Blunt's awesome too. Even more amazing, potentially. Um, then the other two honorable mentions are TV shows. Um, so, again, we reviewed this on the podcast. Squid Game. Um, can't talk about 2021 without talking about Squid Game. Phenomenon. Yep. Yeah, um, I left it off my list because we did literally a whole podcast about it. But, yeah. A whole podcast about it. So, I'm not going to talk about it, but just wanted to shout out as that was great. Um, and then another TV show that I really enjoyed was Made. Um uh, Starring Margaret Quillay. Quillay? It's Quillay. Quillay? Yeah, 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 um, anyway. I did two attempts and messed it up apparently. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I I know her from a video game, Death Stranding. I didn't, hadn't really seen much of hers before that. And it was interesting how good this show was. Um, you know, I'd seen if it was had that Netflix thing where it was popular for that two weeks where everyone was mm. watching it. Um, yeah. Limited series, I think there's only six or seven episodes. Um, highly recommend it. I think it's a really good, uh, accurate portrayal of um, both, you know, gaslighting, domestic violence situations, um, how people get in these frustrating cycles of just, you know, you're frustrated, but you understand. And like, it's, it's, it tells it very brutally and honestly, um, but a really powerful film, ah, TV show, sorry, not a film. Um, Great characters, though. Like, it's not just all doom and gloom. There's a lot of comedy in that as well. Um, and, yeah, highly recommended. Frustrating parts where you just you want things to go right and, of course, something always has to screw it up, but that's life, as they say. Um, but, yeah, highly recommend Made to anyone who wants to watch that. I saw the first episode of this and I was like, this is this is a different kind of depressing that I don't know if I really need. <laughs> yeah, the first one really bludgeons you to death. <laughs> Well, like, my wife was watching it and I was like cooking dinner and watching in the background. And by the end of it, she was like, I don't want to keep watching. I'm like, neither do I. I'm just, it's, I feel um, drained. Like it, it really basically just punches you in the gut to start the show. It's like, it just keeps hitting you. And then the it, yeah, it does, it does change, but it's a great commentary on that sort of stuff that happens in real life. Um, yeah. Also just going into like, how the system works um, for people, you know, that are victims in this sort of stuff with how, you know, the government in America work and the system works like with trying to find childcare and it's such a big hassle and like it's, the system's rigged, you know, and how are these people expected to escape from this stuff when what they're escaping to is not much better um, and unlivable, you know, sometimes, but really, really good film, great acting in it. Um, highly recommended. If you can get through the depression. Speaking of shows about rigged systems, honorable mention The Wire, best show of the 21st century. (laughs) 
I'll have to watch it. Yeah. You should watch yeah. it. I, I will. Finally. Um, I've got a long list of... So honorable mentions, I've only really got one, actually, and that's The Last Jewel. Um, neither of you guys mm. saw this. No, I I heard I didn't hear good things about it. You think it was good? Mm. No. Um, what's Luke's, Luke's? What's your thing? So, like, I really want to see this film. It came down between this or Power of the Dog. What to watch last night before this podcast? Power of the and Dog's I, better call, probably. And I knew you had seen it, so I was like, I'll let Conan talk about it if he recommends it. But I really want to see it. I'm going to see it this week. Um, yeah. Surprisingly great critical reception. It just bombed at the box office. Yeah. Um, obviously, Ridley Scott said some stuff which has made people more yeah, turn against him. I don't know why he's doing that. He should just shut up. Or <laughs> Seymour Skinner. It's the children it's, who are wrong. It's but... <laughs> really it's not his it's not his proudest moment. No, but um, I I'm interested in watching it. Like it's kind of a thing when I feel like the marketing was really bad for that. As in, I didn't know anything about it until it was here all of a sudden, and yeah. it just it just feels strange to see Ben Affleck look like that and act like that character and Matt yeah. Damon as well. But... So here's so here's the thing, right? This film. 20 years ago, this would have been the biggest film in the world. This film would have been number one for the year. Think yep. Gladiator. Remember, yep. do you remember what a phenomenon that was? Like, yeah, yeah. This is this is another Gladiator. It's almost, this is Gladiator 4 now because it's actually got a very like very relevant narrative because it actually deals with the whole idea of differing stories and how systems are built that similar to um to made, like these systems are in he power said, that, that silence women and how there's a he said he said she said. But then also there's two he said's and they're more important than she said, even though she said the truth. And it's it's actually got a very interesting message and incredibly relevant for the for this day and age. Hmm. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, it really um it's also a film though that just doesn't have a place in society anymore. Like I say, Gladiator was the biggest film of two thousand in a lot of ways. Like everyone saw that, everyone re- reveres it. And this really is kind of like remember Gladiator guys, like we don't use that anymore. Like the people who want to watch that are 40 or 50 year olds who don't really care about going to the movies that much. Like it's, it's very much a film of a different time. It's the kind of film that we now have, we just have different things. We have Marvel, we have franchise blockbusters. We don't have, we don't have um, middle age period pieces. Like that's just not a thing that sells. And it's, I totally understand why it's not, it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's it can be a drag, but I think this is a really good film. It reminded me of how, how great Ridley Scott can be at directing action. Holy crap. Yeah, um, Gladiator is awesome, man. Gladiator is yeah. a great movie. That's what I mean. And like the the combat in this film is amazing. Some of the best I've seen in in years. And the story is really good. It does have a problem of having Matt Damon having and Ben Affleck both with American accents and they're French characters. So Matt Damon's like, I am I am Sir Jean Darouge, and it's like, God, <laughs> does their Boston accent come out really strong? It's funny. All the letterbox comments. All of the letterbox comments were just like, "How do how doth ye like Bon apples?" and like Boston, <laughs> Boston in the thirteen hundreds was crazy. It's it's pretty funny. Like a horse almost walks him over. He's like, "Hey, I'm walking here." Kind of, but but if you can get past that fact that they didn't do the they didn't commit to the period piece setting, it's a really good movie. And um, the actress in the in the role, I can't remember her name, but she is fantastic. Like. Mm. Fairly new to scene, like should be should become a movie star. Hopefully, she gets the attention she deserves. Jodie Comer's her name. Yep. But yeah, that's the other one. I I have so many films that like I wish I had seen or that I just missed. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna run through them really quickly just to give you an idea. Yep. Films I sh- films I should have watched. 
Nitrum, Last Night in Soho, Power of the Dog, Riders of Justice, The Harder They Fall, Pig, The Green Knight, The Card Counter, Drive My Car, Midnight Mass, the TV show, and then films that I can't watch, No Sudden Move, Belfast, The Tragedy of Macbeth, The Black Phone, Memorial, Licorice Pizza, Red Rocket, like so many great films that I just have not or cannot watch and bums me out. Black Phone's not out till next year. Uh, I think same deal. It's like technically been released this year, but it's not going to be out in cinemas or anything until next year. Yeah, it's weird because I thought it was out, and then I was like, "Oh, it's sudden it's February or something." But yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Big list. Me. It's a big list. Looking through the biggest films of the year, I'm like, man, half of these I haven't seen. I should have watched more movies. Yeah. Um, my rec- my uh, what are we calling them? My honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. <laughs> um, I'll give a shout out to Suicide Squad for being so much better than the original Suicide Squad. Like, it's not (laughs) even comparable. Is it the greatest movie ever? No. Is Idris Elba wasted? Yes. But there's some really good moments in that movie um, that are very funny. Um, I know I had a great... John John Cena is actually pretty good in this movie. I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a good time with that movie, you know. Again, not going to win in twenty minutes. Yes, yeah. The, yeah. Look, the first like third is very, very good. I think the last yeah. third is pretty, pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Standard for DC films. Yeah, like. the middle yeah, somewhere yeah. in the middle. Um, yeah, I look forward to DC being good one day, but maybe we just should move past comic book movies and, and move on with our lives altogether. That's what I've been trying to say. Um, I want to give a shout out to Dark. It. Uh, technically finished last year, so technically didn't, you know, not from this year, but I watched it this year. Um, just an extremely good sci-fi show that really bends your mind. It, um, I don't know if half of its allure is the fact that it's in German. A bit like Squid Game, actually. It does lend something mm. to it, especially since it's already such so many weird concepts that it's in another language. Um, it, I think it definitely, I don't know, it changes something. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way, but it uh, definitely adds something to the to the mystery that's going on. Um, yep. But definitely show you have to concentrate while watching. You cannot be distracted while you're watching that show because yep. between reading subtitles and trying to understand what the hell is going on, it's a uh, it's a hell of a feat. Yep. Um, and I want to shout out Scrubs for being relevant 20 years later. I just I just Pretty have to cool. do it. I just have to do it. It's a good show. It's a good show. Um, I also did a rewatch of Scrubs this year. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I haven't watched Scrubs in years, but has your wife seen? Think... Has your wife seen the uh, the Brendan Fraser episodes? It might change her mind. No, it might change her mind. When best. I think of Brendan Fraser, that's I think of that Scrubs episode because yeah. Where do you think we are? I just literally watched that yesterday. Oh, very yeah. very good. Great episode. Great episode. Um, I have one last honorable mention as well. Um, if you're a book fan. The Taste of Iron by C.V. Clark, highly yeah. recommended, especially to... if you're into horror, western sort of stuff. It's seemed to be adapted into a movie by um by me. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ridley Scott. But... And just me. No, it's just, just me. Another, another book everything. that will be impossible to translate into a film, I think, just... But that's not doesn't mean it's not worth trying. On. No, that's right. That's if anyone right. if anyone's watching, try it. Give me some money and uh... highly recommended. <laughs> Check it out. It is available good. now on Amazon. Get on it. Does anyone have any dishonorable mentions? Ooh, I should have thought of that. I didn't. I have one. Go for it. Red yeah. Notice. What a piece Man, of crap. I heard everyone talking about it so much that I was like, oh, I should check this out, and then looked at the 
score, like the critical reception. And I was like, no, I shouldn't check this out. I trust <laughs> my instincts from the trailer. I'm not. I did. I, I did like twenty minutes. I was like, I can't do it. It's just. Oh. And it's like, according to Netflix, it is their most popular film of all time in terms of how many people watch it. And I, I want to vomit. I'm so <laughs> enraged that that crap is what people are watching. What Netflix is yeah. deeming a success. I'm. I want to Crazy. put my fist through my laptop. It's, it's um, the worst parts of Ryan Reynolds, the worst parts of The Rock, the worst parts of everything about films. Just no. I know anyway. this isn't dishonorable, but I forgot this was this year. And just a little shout out, just Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Yeah. Did either of you guys watch this? No, I'm really, I'm really keen to. I'm um, curious about it like because a... they change, like they can cut out a character and CGI'd a new one in. That sounds. Oh, really? I don't know this. Aware. Look this up. No, There's, uh, I'll have to yeah. find that out because I watch I watched that movie. Um, Someone got cancelled like after the movie was shot, so they replaced them. Oh, wow. I'll have to look into that. And I didn't notice it. I probably would now if I knew about it. But yeah. um, it's um, it's an enjoyable zombie flick that's kind of different than your normal zombie flick. Uh, I found it found it intriguing. But yeah, that came out in May of this year on Netflix exclusively as well. But it's got Batista doing Batista things, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun. It's just a fun, dumb action action flick. But yeah. recommend that as well. I was meaning to check that out. I actually forgot one of one of my honorable mentions too. Uh, Fresh fried and crispy. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a show on Netflix about a guy who goes around and eats just fried food. It's like it's not it's not you know it's not fiction. It's it's fact. This is this is reviews of food and restaurants. And I it's by Dame Drops. He's like a YouTuber, but he got a Netflix mm. show. Um, you might recognize him from as he's he was a big 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 black guy that ate burgers in his car and raved about them. That was pretty much how he got big. But um, I recommend that show if you like greasy food. Um, was that was that a double pun? That's how he got big? Or Well, <laughs> the last time I checked him out on no, YouTube, but... his video was like, my doctor advised me to no longer review food. So I don't know, I don't know how he's going these days, but that show's fun yeah. if you're That's into cooking funny. shows at all. One last one. Did you guys see Mortal Kombat? What do you think? Oh, yeah, I forgot about Mortal Kombat. Wow, I, was it would be I, an honorable, I, yeah. honorable mention for me. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I still haven't watched it. I still haven't watched it. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I just okay. forgot it existed after a month, so I never got around to watching it. I think everyone. That would be, yeah, that would be honourable. It wasn't great, but it was a lot of fun. They needed more fatalities, more gruesome fatalities. 100%, yeah. Oh, well. If we get a sequel, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it. About does it for 2021. Ready to wrap this bad boy up. 2022 is going to be a good year. There's not going to be any COVID problems. Movies will come out on time. One last thing. I will yeah. say if we were recording this in a week, my top recommendation probably would have been Spider-Man. Maybe. You don't no, know that not... yet. You can't, you can't predict know. that. It all depends on if certain Spider-Men show up. It would be the best movie of all time. But You'd be just riding high on your Marvel. This is just another time capsule. There would have been a Marvel movie here if this was recorded next week. You're definitely, God, we didn't. You're definitely dating <laughs> this podcast because the podcast that comes out before this one is going to be about that Spider-Man movie. But anyway, um, yes. Coming up next on bonus uh, on Good, Bad, and Worst, I uh, forgot to talk to you guys about this beforehand, but I think we're going to start doing Star Wars early in next year. Is that the plan? That's the plan. So we're yes. going to do a trilogy of podcasts about trilogies. Uh, we're going to do all of the all nine uh, Star Wars movies. Uh, we're going to do them in release order. We're going to rate each trilogy individually and then rate them as a whole, I think, is the plan. Um, so tune yeah. in for, for three episodes all about Star Wars. I'm so keen because yeah. 
This is one of those trilogies I've been meaning to do from the start. We're finally getting to it. Looking forward yeah. to it. It's a it's a big undertaking, and it's it going to be it controversial. It's going to be controversial, but I'm but we are nothing see, if not controversial. You know, to have the one good movie and the eight bad ones, and see how we. <laughs> one of I'm us just, always has controversial opinions, anyway. Just trolling, but um, I'm looking forward to it. My kids have never seen any Star Wars movies, so this will be my way of introducing them to Star Wars. Mm. Nice. My my nine month old daughter hasn't either, so what? I'll, I'll be right there with you, introducing her to all nine of them. Oh wow! Cool. And she she better like it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us for the good, the bad, and the worst. Uh, you can find us on socials at Good Bad Worst. Uh, you can also catch us on our sister podcast, brother podcast, Bonus XP, brother where we talk mama. about video games. Uh, I think coming up soon we'll be doing a Game of the Year episode, so that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, check that episode. out on YouTube or all your podcast apps, and we'll catch you next time. May the fourth be with you. Can we call it a Step Brother podcast? Oh,